Welcome to episode 47 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to first. Dave the Alcadron Vader. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well. Uh, not much to report. School is winding down. Uh, mm-hmm. I have... Here's, here's an interesting thing. I have Do a uh, 353 card order coming in probably in the next couple days uh i've used card kingdom for the first time because i've heard some really unsettling things about the way tcg players treating unions and uh Mm -hmm. i like unions which means i don't like tcg (laughs) player uh so that's that's just math right there that's just logic just math um but yeah, yeah i was thinking if this card order arrives i can just not use it to update my decks until next week when we are <gasps> what? Bum, 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 doing a live episode yeah i love it we you came up with that idea about 51 minutes ago <laughs> yeah, approximately it. one pre-show ago <laughs> one pre-show we talked ago. <laughs> about the possibility of doing a live episode that involves chatting and also me updating the decks so uh yes. that's the plan exciting because as as liam pointed out it's almost uh, six months since we did our last live episode, yeah. so it lines up perfectly. Uh, so tune tune into uh, Twitch next Wednesday, May tenth, mm-hmm. approximately seven p.m. EST ish. Always at the ish, and you can uh, you can hang out with me while I update decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I'm doing. Cool. That is a that is a fantastic idea. Sounds like you're doing great. I need to pass the mic over to someone else. Yeah, let's uh, see what our PDH PhD Liam. What's going on? Are you excited for next week? Did you hear hear the big news about the live episode? I, I did hear the big news. I, I was present 51 <laughs> minutes ago-ish when it was discussed. <laughs> you were present one pre-show ago, yes. <laughs> no, uh, I also am enjoying the winding down of the school year, uh, both for myself and my students. The only downside is the month of May is always testing month. And so mm-hmm. far, we are at Wednesday, and I have sat through two AP tests proctoring is fun (laughs) it sure sounds like it i had seven hours combined across two days to do absolutely nothing but watch kids take a test it's great yeah this is real great (laughs) (laughs) oh amazing well sounds like you uh enjoyed yourself sure sure did sure did (laughs) all right Everybody out there in podcast land should be extremely excited for this week because we have a very special, very professional guest on the show with us. But before we get to them, let's do some housekeeping. As always, if you like the show and like what we're doing here, check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which we uh, we actually just mentioned. Sometimes we come up with show topics during the pre-show. Before the pre-show, you just, you just never know. It's basically like a little bonus episode every week. Uh, you get uh, early access to the episodes before they go live and the show notes if you want to sort of follow along with what we're talking about. And then you also get access to the PDH Pod Discord where you can chat with the crew, get help with your decks, um, suggest show topics, wink, wink, wink. 
And then check out the YouTube channel. We are the PDH Pod over there. And then, as always, Saturday evenings, I stream uh, PDH on Spell Table over at Twitch, just uh, twitch.tv slash the PDH Pod. I will be missing this Saturday because I'm, I'm playing uh, Paper Magic for the first time in, I don't know, 18 months or so. So, so that'll be a good time. But every Saturday after that, I'll be streaming um, on Spell Table. So, Liam, you got anything for this weekend, Magic? Uh, the set Aftermath has been fully spoiled. Uh, officially. As, uh, officially fully spoiled. Uh, one of my co-hosts has graciously written in the show notes that uh, we got nothing and we'll like it. Uh, but that's not true, <laughs> right? Because we did get six brand new commandos. So. True, I have, true, true, true. I have a request. Ooh, all right. Would you like me to do a quick 30-second set review of those six creatures? Right now? Right now. I would I would like I... that, but... Oh, but... I would like to introduce our guest first, so he doesn't have to sit through that in awkward silence and that he can participate. Okay, sure. I think we should do that. That makes sense. All right, I think it's about time we finally introduced said episode. Spoilers! And the ideas man behind... We have a guest! Spoilers! Yeah, <laughs> look at that. We got a guest. Uh, and this week's guest actually suggested this show topic uh, a while back on Twitter, I believe, before we even created the uh, suggestion box channel in our Discord for the patrons. You've probably seen him building decks with Papa Popper on YouTube or sitting in on uh, my or Lobert's weekly PDH streams. Uh, Derek, welcome back to the show. It's been about two dozen episodes. How you been? Uh, I am about two dozen episodes older and wiser um mm, good 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 happy always evolving happy always to improving be back uh for those of you who don't know my name is derek i'm a member of the popper commander rules committee alongside your dear friend um dave uh my my dynamic is a little more different i'm more like uh the denethor hunched over the table chewing on uh <laughs> tomatoes maliciously um <laughs> that is that is the space that i occupy on the rules committee so if you're mad about anything it's probably my fault uh, anyway, excellent. Uh, t- um, tell us, Derek. I need, I yeah. need an update on your professional status. Professionally, how's things? Keeping it real. Good. Yeah. <laughs> As we're wont to do, you know, in that space. Um, no, I'm really excited to be back. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a good time. Thanks for suggesting this show yeah. topic. Uh, excellent. I like the dinosaur among these. Also because I, Do, I really like Norika. The dinosaur seems vaguely Norika-ish. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. I think I, of I, these, I've seen the, the, the Oni talked about more than anything else. But yeah. Oni seems cute. I like, yeah, I I like the idea of the Madness Vampire. I'm just unclear about how one is meant to discard her from the command zone. Uh, you have <laughs> to ask somebody to return it to your hand. Ah, or, ask, I mean, ask the blue player or white player. Well, black, or whatever. black has a million ways to return it to your hand from the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> from the graveyard, <laughs> you just let yeah. this die over and over again. You can get <laughs> sure. it in your hand, but that that feels like a lot of hoops to jump through just so you can say that you well, madness honestly, instead of. <laughs> I yeah, I think madness is probably like the weakest part of this card, though. Like the convoke, right. anything with convoke, I'm automatically keyed in on. Um, Same here. Yeah, and then. You know, it's a lord and it has lifelink, so it does a ton of stuff. Uh, like, it, convoking things is one of my favorite things to do. I just like using creatures in non-combat capacities, like, to do other things. I, and uh, yeah. I respect that. 
madness in cards is one of my favorite things to do. So know, it's it's the thing that I like focused on, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Wait. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like one of my favorite creatures. Like one of my favorite creatures ever printed, Sky Hussar. You know, has forecast, so yeah, it's like yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> except, uh-huh. except Azorius, you can actually return if, it. If I Alexa. if I was gonna build one, if I was gonna build one of these. It'd be a Colligan Warmonger because yep. first of all, Tarkir. Tarkir. Uh, but second of all, I would I would want to rule zero dragons' approaches to be <laughs> tribal dragon cards. Oh, oh man, it's like yeah, just that. let me smack you for three and yeah, then just every turn. It's fine. Yeah, don't just worry don't, about yeah, it. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, never gotten anyone in any trouble. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. The, yeah, the Copper Coat Vanguard's pretty fun. cool. I mean, it, it, like human tribal stuff, I like a lot. Um, but you know, it's it's. Just a pretty basic thing that asks you to do a pretty simple thing. You know, it's not that like that interesting. Um, I, yeah, I think the Vanguard I'm, has been talked about more so in our yeah. PDH Pod Discord, and the the Oni is more talked about on yeah. like, Twitter. <laughs> but they're cool all kind set. of interesting. Yeah, very cool set, very novel, kind of like you said. But I'm not I'm not ready to jump on it yet. Yep. There's nothing that's super drawing me in. Exactly. If if I didn't have Norika built, the dinosaur would be drawing me in. But like, I don't, I don't need another one of those. Norika is plenty for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, she's just better, right? Uh, she doesn't do artifacts. Uh, target. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and she's like yes and no. True. She, she yeah. doesn't do artifacts. She she triggers on attack, which is easier to do. But you have to attack alone, which is sometimes a problem. Right. Uh, the dinosaur has to connect. The dinosaur puts the card directly into play. Yep. Norica lets you cast it, which means you still pay all the costs. The dinosaur putting things into play has some really interesting implications for like pacifisms, which that's true. And there's not like a yep. uh, it's not return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value three or less right. or anything. You know, there's no can, clauses on you it. You can hit your roving keeps or your you know, right. thundersteel colossuses <laughs> for free if you can find a your way to discard that them. Somebody destroyed. Finding a way to discard them in white is going to be a bit of a challenge. You're going to need to like really lean hard on your network terminals and your ceremonial knives. It it yeah, can be done. Mm-hmm. I've got Norika tuned really precisely how I want her tuned, so mm-hmm. I'm really happy with that. Like I don't want to go through the process of retuning a deck for all of the things that are very subtly different, but in ways that mean <laughs> I have to true. change a big chunk of the deck around. So like I'm right. very happy with where I'm at with that kind of deck, and I really, really, really enjoy that kind of deck. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what other people do with the dinosaur because I'm intrigued and I want to yep. see it happen. But I'm not going to be the one doing the deck. And I I like that it's because it triggers off combat damage to a player. It also has vigilance, so you can just every turn and just five swing, swing, toughness swing. also very kind yeah. of quietly. She do got that right. thick booty. They mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, that dino booty. <laughs> Well, I think that was almost too much time spent on that All right. particular set. <laughs> That's been our set review. <laughs> That's been our entire set review. Thanks for uh, joining us this week. Let's move on to the actual main topic. Next set review is hmm? uh, <laughs> next set review yep. is in June. Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> this is the Lord of the Rings, huh? Yeah, TikTok. Time's coming. All right. As we did mention before here at the PDH pod, we are open to suggestions for episode topics, uh, listener questions, all that sort of thing. We even went as far as to add a cozy little suggestion box channel in our Discord. Today's episode actually came from Derek, uh, I believe on Twitter first, and then we brought it up again in the Discord. 
and it's one of my I had never even considered making this a topic because it just it just didn't occur to me because you don't often find a lot of people willing to just sit down and talk about this for hours on end but it's one of my favorite aspects of the game and that is adding your own personal bling and flair to your magic deck sort of like personalization of your deck that sort of thing how do you make it stand out what what you find aesthetically pleasing all that sort of good stuff so uh, I think we should just jump right in. I know that you've been super busy lately, but you are, hmm, how do I, how do I say this? Like, when I started interacting with you on Twitter, I, I started to pick up on your love for, like, artist proof and just art in the game, just just magic art in general, and that really got me paying more attention to what I play in decks and the printings I put in decks and that sort of thing. What... What started sort of your journey into the art of magic, if you will? So, like, it's interesting. The art has always been, and the aesthetics of magic has always been, like, one of the central things for me. It's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm most passionate about in in the way that I play ga- the game now, right? Like, mostly focused on Commander and Pauper Commander, which is, an ex- like, a very personally expressive format. So yeah. it stands to mm-hmm. reason that, like, this kind of stuff takes a much larger focus. Um, but, I mean no matter when you start playing magic for me, you know, I was what, like eight years old, something like that. Um, no matter how little you understand the rules, you can still understand the art that is on the cards. And a lot of it, particularly back in, back in the older days, uh, was very like evocative, um, very much more like classical fantasy, like quote unquote fantasy art. Right. Yeah. Um, High fantasy, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, old Dungeons and Dragons, Larry Elmore type of stuff. Um, (laughs) And that's since since changed over time, but um, you know it's something where all that stuff just like sticks with you. And when you're building a deck to do a specific thing, like in Commander, you know, when I was last on the show, we talked about like EDH and and Popper Commander and kind of how those can intersect. And mm-hmm. um, it's all about like finding what you want to be doing. And when you're when you're doing the thing that you want to be doing, you want to be doing it while looking at cards that reinforce that resonant experience, right? That's how I expro- approach it in any case. Yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. So, like, I have since tried really hard to, like you just said, like, search for specific printings of cards or different frames, uh, different um, specific artists, uh, you know, all kinds of different things you can look at on an actual physical magic card and, and point to something and say, like, I like this, and then just, like, go to town with that. Um, or even just like little themes, uh, like little themes that you center the aesthetics of your deck around. For example, like, and this is a, an example that I'll, I'll come back to a lot because it's the one deck, one popper commander deck I have right now that I've kind of gone mm-hmm. gone really hard on this with is my my Heritage Druid deck. Is just like when I first built it, you know, first started like actually ordering and putting together like specific cards for it for like special printings. I wanted every as many cards as possible to have like the highest rarity printing I could find. Mm-hmm just for fun, like for no real reason. And that's since like evolved into something else completely, but just like little things like that. There's so many different ways you can go. Um, and magic has so many printings of so many cards, especially at common, which is really unique space because a lot of these cards, like there's so much redundancy and common cards get reprinted in, in various capacities so often that there's just so many different printings of these cards. There's so much variety yeah. in what you can do, different arts, different settings right different contexts under the art like under which the art takes place yeah because look how many commons get printed that are in every single set like murder or thrill a possibility or what have you yeah Um, like you can use like the the essence scatter or not essence scatter but like remove soul from like legends or you can use essence scatter from dominaria like all these cards that are functionally (laughs) similar but like have different aesthetic touches um to really 
personalize what you're doing and, and find the one that you just like to look at. There's nothing more magical than just thumbing through a commander deck that you built. It's awesome. Like it's something I know, that I'll it's, stand it's by. So awesome. Um, yeah, I have I find myself doing that quite two, a bit. Two quick interjections there. Uh, yeah. I find that a lot of my decks only really want one copy of Cultivate. Mm-hmm. And I I have a delightful time choosing whether it's going to be actual Cultivate or Kodama's Reap. Like that's yeah. that's a really important decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Second, and there's so many different printings of either or both of those cards. Yeah, and it's the same card for what we care about. <laughs> I mean, how often are we playing arcane, uh, really? you know, uh, strategies? <laughs> um, the second thing is, I I I took a took apart a bunch of my old EDH decks a while ago uh, when I realized that the thing, the only reason I kept them together was because, exactly as Derek just says, thumbing through them felt really good. And I was so like, mm-hmm. that that's the only reason this collection of cards is still together, so that when <laughs> I feel nostalgic about it, I can look through it. I could just put the really special ones in a binder and then not yeah. have a deck taking up space on my shelf. <laughs> so I did sure. that. I took apart like oh. six of my decks, and I was like, yeah, this deck is doing nothing for me, but I want to keep this collection of cards special and separate. Sure. And it was uh, it was a good call, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't play my uh, my Bears Companion deck all that much anymore. Uh, I've been meaning to, but I always like pick something else. You know, I'll find a new flavor of the week or what have you. But yeah, that that deck is like my bling deck almost. Like I have Secret Lair, you know, Commander's Fears in there or whatever, Path of Ancestries and the Full Art Terramorphic Expanse and like all this crazy stuff all kind of jammed in one deck. And you're right, it's just just a blast to like thumb through it or shuffle it up and pick an opening seven or what have you just yeah. look at it. it just even looks if I'm not cool. playing it. It just looks so cool. <laughs> and and it's only like this kind of thing is really important to me and I'm very passionate about it. But it's funny, like the idea of like blinging a deck, you know, blinging, I think is kind of a loaded term. People associate that with foils. I think there's a lot of ways you can yeah. bling your deck without like going nowadays for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hate playing with foils. Let me just get that out of the way at the top of the show. Um, sure. I hate it. Like I can't like the stand look it. of them or um, I don't I mean, like I how they have... feel, how they feel sleeved. I don't want to like double sleeve my cards to protect okay. my foils for any reason whatsoever. Like, I just don't want my decks to be cumbersome, and I feel like when they're stuffed with foil cards, they just feel more cumbersome to, to shuffle and play. It just it just feels icky to me. I don't know. I've never liked sure. it. So I always have to find other ways to kind of make my decks look look super special, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that gave way to a lot of other things. I'm you know, very adept at going through and finding things. I consider myself uh, you know, a berserk-tier printings enthusiast. <laughs> Um, yeah, you put in the parlance of the show. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about the Salvat sets, or mm-hmm. you know, cards from from twenty years ago, almost now. And those are, hey, are those something that you've always been aware of? Because I, I, I get this, I get on these kicks like once a year where I'll, I'll look them up and I'll try to buy some, and I think about it, and I'll look them up, and I forget about it. Like, yeah. what brought them up for this show? Were you just trying to find something obscure, or are they always kind of on your radar? So it's a great example of like a weird ancillary product that Wizards decided to make. So before I talk about Sylvat specifically, like I, I lump it in, in in a greater kind of category of products. Like if you go back to the 90s, Wizards released a lot of weird box sets. Um, yeah. Like Beat uh, Beatdown, Down, Anthologies, Beat Down, anthologies and, ba- and Battle Royale <laughs> Deckmasters as well, um, where it's a lot of like, it's a, they're reprint sets or pre-constructed decks that are meant to be played against each other. Um, but there are a lot of, what I love about them is that they're all like white bordered cards of cards that are traditionally black bordered, um, yes. with the black border art that does not exist on any other printing of the card in 
white border whatsoever. So like, for example, there's a Fintorn Elves in Deckmasters, which was a basically like dual decks, Richard Garfield versus John Finkel, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yes. And it's all white border with, with, a, with several foils. Like there's a foil Deckmasters, Necropotence, um, and a couple other cards, uh, like Incinerate. Ne- Necropotence, kind of Incinerate, Lurgoif, and uh, I used to know the other one. Um, was it Balduvian Horde? Maybe. I know it's in the set. It might not be the foil, huh. but um, regardless, like there's a Finthorn Elves. Uh, it's a white border Finthorn Elves with the big old so awkward-looking cool. D, D set symbol. Yeah, like it almost looks like a proxy, like with, someone made yeah, it and exactly. put their own stamp. But on it's it. got the Ice Age art, <laughs> not like the newfangled like Finthorn uh-huh. Elf art that you find like the, the Commander Legends printings. It's like the old gnarly, like goofy leprechaun looking uh, Finthorn Elves. Yeah on a white bordered card and white bordered cards for me are like something that are, is really nostalgic um, and kind of strange, kind of tilting Same to a lot here. of people, which I find them and kind I, of whimsical. I, love <laughs> um, I like white bordered cards personally. So I'm very I, attracted I do to like I love that them. kind of thing. Yep. Was it icy? Yeah. I know we talked about it. Icy manipulator, I think is in that set too. Yeah. Was that the fourth? Um, and it's cool too. Oh, maybe that sounds correct. Actually. Um, yeah. we, 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 we can fact check that, but regardless, um, Salvat was, and and Hatchet is known in other circles. But um it was a series of like pre-constructed, like seated packs that you would make that, that would come in, in um like monthly installments of like a magic encyclopedia in, in European markets. Um yes. and so there's a bunch of different decks. There's like a rats deck, there's like a, a Maronar for all you you know commander aficionados out there. Um, mm-hmm. there's like all kinds of themed ones. Uh, there's an elves one, which I've drawn on heavily for my heritage Geo deck. I have a ton of these cards in here. Um, but basically they're just like white bordered cards in modern frames with the artwork of the retro frame cards. So like, for example, um, in front of me, I have a timber watch elf, which was first printed in onslaught, I believe, um, as a mm-hmm. black bordered card in the retro card frame. The one I have in front of me right now is a modern frame with a white border and that same, uh, onslaught art. Same is true of like Birchlore Rangers, Elvish Vanguard, uh, Wirewood Pride, uh, Wirewood Emissary, all these cards. Um, and they're so cool because they're so unique. It's the it's the only printing of these cards with this art in a modern frame, let alone a white border, which I just find right. very attractive. Um, so that's like one way I, I bling out my decks is finding these weird, obscure printings of cards and just like slamming them all on the same pile. It's it's really cool to see the tombstone in the upper left of a white border card. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, cool. for sure. You know, and granted, it's counting all the different printings of the basic lands, but there's like 720 cards in the Salvat 2005 mm-hmm. collection. It's huge. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they also did like a black bordered one in like 2012. I don't know. Like a, years later, they did another another run with several more decks. There's like a it's black bordered, so it's not as interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still non English cards uh, with a goofy card with a goofy like uh, set symbol, um, and those those things are there too. But, you know, uh, we're still not talking like, th- yeah, this is bling to us because it's white border and it may be a foreign language and it's art that's never appeared on a white border. But it's not like pricey, like this Deckmaster right. Findhorn Elves that you were look- talking about earlier. It's less than $3. Like no one's heard of it. No one's probably seen one in the wild, but you could just yeah. buy one for a couple bucks. Like all these Salvat cards that I've been discussing, I mean, there are like a, like several dollars a piece maybe, but it's not I, like going to break the bank. I've seen right, exactly. I've seen the Findhorn Elves in the wild. My my brother and I Have had you? those Deckmaster boxes. <laughs> Yeah, those were those uh, yeah. were yeah, okay, those were in okay. the states. Um, the Salvat was only only in Europe, and and I guess you know when I when I I have gotten the ones that I found on eBay. Um, yeah, and I guess you know over there they're not as maybe just not as scarce as they are over here. So you know they don't command a, a premium. 
um, when you're buying right. from like uh, you know European sellers. My brother and I each got those deck boxes, the, the deck masters box, which was it came in in this like really sweet like metal tin actually, for yeah. for Christmas one year, and we 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 played our Finkel versus uh, Garfield decks against each other a couple times, and uh, like a year yeah. later, my brother decided to build a tricks deck. Which uses necropotence and donate. Sure. It's like, oh, I need some necropotences. Yep. I was like, here, you can have my foil one. <laughs> like, <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, those those sets are really cool. Uh, like all those white border box sets and, and the Salvat stuff. I'm really into that. Yeah, same um, here. Because it, it's just like a new spin. Well, not new. It's like it's it's a kind of a forgotten like printing of these cards that just mm-hmm. kind of shows them in a way that people may not be used to seeing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, on the... So that's, that's certainly one way to go. On the topic of white-bordered, I want to add that I love white-bordered cards after a certain threshold. Like, if there's exactly sure. one white-bordered card in my unsleeved deck, it will drive me <laughs> berserk, and I will hate it. If, like, once, sure. once you get That's past, fair. like, ten, then I love them. And I, like, I will, yeah. when when I'm building a deck, I'm, I'll, like, I'll... I'll, I'll sit there on Moxfield and be like, how many of these cards could be white-bordered if I wanted to go that route? And if I find enough mm-hmm. of them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, white-bordered deck, let's go! <laughs> uh, yeah, that stuff's great. It happens rarely. A, a lot of them end up yeah. using like the white-bordered Deckmaster Mountains, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sure. Because sure, sure, sure. I, I love Ice Age artwork on the mountains, and I, I just happen to have a pile of these Deckmaster Mountains things yeah. in my collection. So mm-hmm. Those are very cool. I like those. I, I will, I will say this cool. as, as one last thing about white-bordered cards uh, before you know, we move on to maybe some other types of things. But in in my my commander deck, Squee the Immortal, all of my basics in that deck are the uh, white-bordered Arabian Nights Mountains from oh. Anthologies. Oh, it's, wow. love it. it's yeah, nice. So they are they are my favorite mountain ever printed because it's the most like trolly thing ever. It's just like take the most expensive <laughs> basic mountain that there is, right? And then just like uh-huh. make it white bordered and just make slam it a bunch bordered. of them in the deck. Um, it's just really it's just that's it, great. It's just the total package for me. It's just fun fun to look at. It's just like a weird quirky like thing from Magic's history as well. You know, it's just yeah. like it's just a, see it really checks a lot of boxes. And I'm just gonna sit here and poop on everyone's parade and say that white borders are just garbage. <laughs> you are not alone. I. I I've no, discovered it's that being on Twitter. Yeah, yeah it is very polarizing. Like your opinion, man. Yeah, uh, it's just fact, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's you know why we got to get all this white border talk out of the way now, so we can get onto the stuff that people really care about. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, these are the hot takes. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the white border stuff, like all that obscure white border stuff, I, I I love. Also, like like promos are a great way to go too. A lot of them tend to be foil, so I, I don't play with a lot of them. But there's a lot of non-foil mm-hmm. ones that are just like you never would think that these things exist. But it's weird. Like you go through like Scryfall, Moxfield, whatever. Like look at the different printings. Go these cards. Like Nissa's Chosen, which is a card that nobody knows or cares about. It's a two right. mana, two three elf that just gets tucked onto the bottom of your library when it dies. But there's like a full art, like game day promo of this card mm-hmm. for a so, buck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really strange. Um, but like Wizards moving so much with promos lately. There's there's a lot of really cool printings of a lot of really like commonly played cards that are not easy or are not like difficult to get a hold of. Like it's a really easy way to just like, like foil out your staples if you want to go that way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of them will look beautiful in cube and decks, all that sort of thing. Like I think today just in the pre-show and a little bit of this episode we've recorded already, I've discovered printings of like three cards that I didn't know existed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like all the different programs that they, that wizards has now, you know, like game day store championships, like bring a friend, all of these different things. There's mm-hmm. like so many different kinds of cards. Like 
there's an Arbor Elf with a with a, with a rare stamp, with like the foil stamp that it was a it was a store championship uh, promo, and it's just like I had no idea this thing existed until I just randomly found it just looking at printings on Moxfield one day. Yeah. Now, are you when you're trying to? We got to come up with a better term than bling, but when you're trying to personalize your your uh, pauper decks, your PDH decks, are yeah. you? focused on the commander itself are you starting with the deck or or do you just happen to like oh i have this really cool commander all blinged out in my collection let me make a deck for it yeah i oftentimes so i'll i I build decks regardless of like whether or not i intend on on personalizing it to any great extent um Mm -hmm. usually for the decks that i enjoy playing that i I keep together i'll do something with the commander slot like i'll get a, a nice foil of the card um, just because like I'm not shuffling with it, it's just like a, a face card, right? So I, right. I can afford to, I can stomach playing a foil card there. <laughs> um, I'll get like a foil card or, or an artist proof or something, um, something cool to just like show off, kind of, you know. Um, if I really mm-hmm. like enjoy playing the deck, um, I'll usually do that. I, I don't oftentimes like go through the whole entire deck and and go hog wild with everything in the ninety nine. Oftentimes it'll just manifest in like this is, you know, I prefer to play with the. Um, you know, the organized play promo of Thraven Inspector versus like the, 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 the pack card from, uh, from shadows, like, you know, just little yeah. things like that, just like swapping in like a printing I prefer here or there and, you know, piecemeal, but n- nothing to the, the extent that I do with my heritage to a deck where it's just like ev- as many cards as possible. I'm just like inserting promos and, and weird cards and like all. Yeah. That's, things. that's kind of, kind of how I am with yeah. my, uh, Minthara deck. Usually with my commanders, I don't do a lot of the artist proofs like you do, but with my commanders, I usually try to find the highest rarity with the most affordable specialized treatment, basically, mm-hmm. whether it's a foil etched or full art or, or what have you. And that's sort of the face card of the deck for me. Yeah. Just something neat. Yeah. Cause it's the one you're going to see like 99% of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. The card's always technically in your, in your hand, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you, so I have access to it. Do you guys ever use alters as your face cards? Um, often I, I, I only have <laughs> one. I do not. I only have one. So I, I, what out of all of my commander decks, let's see. So I if only I have run one alters, alter. It's typically just basic lands. Yeah. I, I, my squeed the immortal is one that Brad did for me. So that's the only alter I think that I have as a f- commander of a deck right now. Um, yeah, right. uh, I but, have, um, yeah, I also have one and it's, it was uh, a gift from, uh, a big fan named classic side part, also known as flow. He, uh, when call time came out, he heard me complaining loudly about how I loved the frame of the <laughs> like special Carter, but I didn't like the art mm-hmm. on it. I liked the actual yeah. artwork on the original. So he, he commissioned a friend of his to put the cool frame onto the original artwork. Or maybe maybe vice versa. Oh, maybe wow, he put cool. the original artwork into the cool frame. I'm not sure how he did it, but it looks it looks perfect. It looks like it's just it's awesome. That's how the card that was supposed awesome. to have been the whole time. And like that is super special. I love that card a lot. Yeah, yeah. Alters are really cool. I mean, it's one of those things. It's just like a unique piece, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a really yeah. special thing, and I mean, they just look awesome. <laughs> Some people have, you know, make it their mission to like alter out their entire EDH deck or what have you, and that's that's really cool. Like, there's one or two. Um, I don't know what else to call them other than Pokemon EDH projects where people mm-hmm. are commissioning, you know, alterists to like make their hundred cards into Pokemon alters. And it's it's a really cool thing to see. I think. Yeah, 
And, and another great thing about like that stuff in the context of, of Popper Commander is that like when you're dealing with all commons and, and like one uncommon, it's much more affordable to do these kinds of things. Um, yeah. Instead of just like, you know, you have to find somebody, you have to get this like really fancy version of like, you know, Dockside Extortionist or whatever, and you're just like shelling out a hundred bucks here and there, you know, <laughs> it's just right. much, it's, it's, it's manageable, which is like the, the best part about it, which is why I think like it's, like personalizing your decks for Popper Commander is such a great thing to do because it's it's fun. You can just have fun with it. It's not like you're shelling a bajillion dollars into it, you know. Yeah, you mentioned Thraben Inspector earlier. You you like one or your favorite is one specific printing of that. Now, yeah. will you order a bunch and replace that printing in every deck that you have Thraben Inspector, or is it just like a feeling like I'll find a random foil in a deck that is a monocolored card and it'll fit in half of my decks, but I'll figure out which one it would look best in. If most that makes of the time sense. I'll just buy one. I'll put it whatever deck I, I like the most at the time, honestly. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, you know, they, they, they move around based on what I'm doing, but um, yeah, you know, no, nothing, nothing is sacred until you make it that way. Right. But on the topic of Very alters, well I, I do want to say um, there is one guy on, on Instagram. He was only on Instagram as far as I know. Uh, and it's th- that global forest guy. Uh, so anyone who's on Instagram, Go and look at all of his stuff. Uh, he's an altruist, and his work is incredible. It's like mm-hmm. the card is just like a full painting, wow. and it's a really unique art style. And he does daily auctions starting at like twenty five bucks. It's very affordable mm-hmm. as far as like like really good artistic altars go. And he's he's awesome, and I highly recommend that everybody check him out. I have I have one piece from him. Uh, it's an Alela Artful Provocateur, you know, the, the Esper Brawl deck uh, face card um, mm-hmm. from Eldraine, and it's um, it's an amazing looking piece. Um, so it's, it's yeah, they're, they're more like art pieces than cards. They're, they're really incredible. So I definitely recommend people check that out. Yeah, that, that is really cool. It, it's it's really cool to see, like you said, like, I, I hate to use the word actual, but like mm-hmm. something you would see on a wall in a frame anywhere else and it's just on a magic card yeah like to me magic that's super cool right exactly and to me that's super cool mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'm looking at some of his stuff now i know it's not super professional podcaster to do but it is just put the amazing. link in the show notes and everyone will forgive you i'm doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> copy paste right now but yeah even even like signed cards you know like there's just so many different ways you can just like tailor things to what you want what you want it to look like like and just make things special unique um just add a little bit of spice to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, but uh, there's all kinds of tools, like like I mentioned before. Uh, Mo- I, I use kind of Moxfield when I put my decks lists on Moxfield, you know, in the little drop-down tabs for each card. You can switch the printing of the card that displays on, on Moxfield when you mouse over in your deck list. And if you click on that link to switch the printing, it'll list every single printing of that card. Scryfall, you can do the same thing. I just use it in Moxfield just because, you know, I have access to my deck lists easily. And yeah, you can just go through and, and, and find the things that really speak to you. And that's what I did, and it's really cool. I did that in Marshcrock. Mm-hmm. So my my Moxfield list of Marsh, and which, which got me in trouble with the uh, deck database kids. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So I my my Moxfield list of Marshcrock is a very accurate reflection of the actual um, paper list that I have together. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do that with Gilderbaron. Gilderbaron is so Marshcrock is about half foiled. And like a, a lot of it is like a lot of the other things I'm talking about, like the, the, my Liliana Spectre isn't foil, but it's like the special game day promo that just looks like a Nazgul, yeah. which yeah, I just yeah. awesome. cannot get over. Like 
and the you know the cavern whisper is the super fancy uh the comic book for you like fancy mm-hmm. thing like so many really cool like special printing and not all of them are foil in that deck uh i have a an italian ninja the deep hours because in italian its name is ninja del ninja something del note del fonda and my my friend <laughs> beautiful my friend who is super into jane fonda movies signed it for me and i was like okay yeah that uh just, <laughs> that's sweet just weird nonsense Perfect. like that um my gilder baron deck is 100 percent foil every card all mm-hmm. the basic lands 100 for 100 and that deck i do not have the accurate listing up on moxfield that my moxfield list is just the cheapest version of the cards because I no longer yep. need to keep track which ones are foil and which ones aren't. Because <laughs> they're yeah, all foil. They're all foil. We got there. I right. don't need. I don't need that. Like it's not to flex. It's just for my record keeping. And like I know. I I don't need to. I don't need to keep yep. that special anymore. So like I think I have most of the correct artwork. Like the the foils that I'm really excited about in that deck are like the the Rebecca Gway boomerang. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like I yep. I. I I yep. looked through the uh, you know switch printing list on Moxfield and I found the one with the correct art, but I don't need to tell Moxfield that it's foil. So I think I've got the right <laughs> right artistically. In yeah. There. Well, I, I, I I've only done that. that with my Minthara deck on Moxfield. It's the only one that's like super true to my heart that I have in paper. So I'm trying to keep that up to date as possible on Moxfield, but the rest are just oh, whatever yep. Moxfield puts. Yeah, the list I did the same me. thing with Heritage Druid on on my Moxfield. Here's all the printings that I currently have in paper. Here's the other really important um, printing decision I made. I have a Bears Companion deck that is exclusively Mm -hmm. Bears Tribal. Oh, nice. The the lightning bolt in it, very specifically, that one lightning bolt from a secret layer that has art of a bear. Of a bear getting struck. That's the one. (laughs) I love it. Can't use some other lightning bolt. Exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing gotta use yeah, the you bear just, lightning bolt you find the one that there's just always a printing that fits yeah. right like if you're actually going to pay attention to what you're doing like when you're building a deck in, in this in this way and you're approaching in this specific way to like kind of make it your own like there's uh-huh. always like a printing for what you want here's, to do most like here's a yeah because bl- sli- blinging out you can also just stay on theme it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. anything crazy slightly mm-hmm. controversial counterpoint sometimes there's not a printing that fits and sometimes when that happens, I just take the card out of my deck. Yep. Yeah. I hundred percent. I've done that. Cannot stand the art of broken fall. First sure. of all, I hate Gerard. Okay. He's the most boring main character yep. on the planet outside of Hey, Twilight he saved novels. Dominaria. Dave, I don't, he saved it. In okay. the most Come boring way possible. He's just Joe good guy who is good at things <laughs> and does heroic good things. Uh-huh. God, he's boring. The superhero chin and, and all like, that stuff, yeah beyond that the art is just boring it's just his face on yeah. the ground like yeah tell us how you I, really feel i love the card i want to be able to run a three mana green enchantment that i can bounce to my hand to regenerate things that doesn't have gerard's stupid face on it i think what i need to do is i need to just get a sharpie and like give him like a monocle and a top hat and just like cover up his face i used to do that he's with, got a hand there you could put a cane in his hand yeah, I, I used works. to do that with a uh, ristic study because I hate Therese Nielsen's art as well. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. cover it with, like, I, I I sharpied out a couple Ristic studies with just, like, I, I gave the, the, the character, in, like, a Batman cowl 
and I put a giant speech bubble on it that says, <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I would, like, give those away. Like, uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, like just, yeah, just even even if it's not just, like, you know, a signed card and an artist proof, you know, an altar, like these sorts of things, just, like, having your friends doodle on a card and put it in your deck, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on board with that, 100%. I started doing that a million years ago before I even got into PDH with a, I had this very casual, I guess it's, maybe casual is not the right word kitchen table uh yep i had a kitchen table nickel bolus deck whose whole goal was to turn one dark ritual like putrid imp to discard nickel bolus use the other two mana from the ritual to gorio's vengeance or uh shallow grave which at the time were all bulk mm-hmm. rares they were you know 50 yep. cent bargain bin nonsense so that was my that was my casual nickel bolus deck and like Friends of mine started just signing cards in it just because they could. They, yeah. they would, you know, graffiti nonsense onto the cards and just like about half the deck is signed by randos. One of the <laughs> I love that. One of the nickel boluses in that deck is something that I was. Uh, so I haven't been to Gen since like 2003, I think, and this was around then. Uh, I was wandering past one of the artists at Gen Con, and he was. Mm-hmm. He was just on the fly altering a couple planes for a guy. Just like putting artwork on planes for this guy. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's super cool. Can can you do that to one of my cards? And he's like, yeah. Like, you hand me the card you want. Give me a donation. And I was like, how much? And he's like, I can't tell you that. <laughs> make it make it worth my while. And I was like, really not uh-huh. being very helpful, bud. Like, can you give me a hint? And he was like, nope. I was like, okay. I feel I probably ripped him off horrifically because he wouldn't just give me a number but i don't i don't know i gave him yeah i was i was a teenager i gave him an amount of money uh and like he he altered one of my um not the legends nickel bolus i think he altered the time spiral nickel bolus so that it looked like uh looked like a zombie Mm -hmm. like he 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 colored it in so that all the flesh was rotting and sloughing off of him and it's super cool and i've completely forgotten that guy's name and I have no idea who to credit with this <laughs> personalized altar. And I, it's a guy that I definitely ripped off by not giving enough of him enough money at Gen Con. And I like, I feel really bad about it, but it's a, uh, it's a cool card <laughs> that I've got now. Yeah. yeah. With a lot of that stuff, it just comes down to just like, you know, cards that are meaningful to you mm-hmm. in whatever capacity you define that as, yeah. you know, like, like look at that whole story you just gave us for that card. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Th- they, they bring along those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of uh, you know, commanders and and you know that's the one place where I where I do splurge is the commander slot. I do have on my desk uh, a Halo foil Yargle. If anybody wants, it. <laughs> ooh, amazing! That it's beautiful. <laughs> I just found it right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> another cool thing. Right now. is Halo foil <laughs> stuff from from March. Have you guys seen this Halo foil stuff? I haven't. From March of the Machines, I have not. It's not pretty in person. Cool. I've seen like you know digital images. It's or like whatever. swirly. It's like swirly foil. It's sweet. It's very magical. Um, but yeah, that's another thing you can do. So like, what? Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Or uh, rather, uh, go ahead, Brett. What do you? Because you just mentioned the Yargle, so I pulled it up just to <laughs> on Scryfall here, just sort of look at it as we were talking. And I'm looking at all the different, just the different multiverse legends printings mm-hmm. alone. Yep. Um, what What does? I don't know the term. Not, I hate to say someone like you, but when you're a MTG art appreciator and semi-collector or, you know, you're just sort of like 
more into that than the average player. What do you think about all these different printings that you've got coming out now? Are you trying to like pay attention to them all? Or are you just like catch one as soon as it like speaks to you, that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm not trying to catch them all. I'm trying to focus on what um, just what resonates with me personally. Like when I buy artist proofs now or when I'm looking at artist proofs and I'm deciding whether I want to purchase one, I usually won't go ahead and, and like take action on anything unless it's a card that like has some meaning, meaning to me personally. Like, for example, I have a blank um, Spirit Monger artist proof, like Apocalypse Spirit Monger artist proof. I love Spirit Monger. Mm -hmm. It's like a formative card of my you know, magic. Sure. Youth, you know, um, so I have like one of those. I, I had an opportunity to get that and I, I, I picked it up. Same thing with like I mentioned in the pre-show, I have a Torment um, printing of Nintuko Shade artist proof. It's another card that was like huge when I was a kid. Um, I played a lot sure. with it when I was a kid and, and it's just meaningful to me. So I don't usually go after cards unless... I click with it in some way because um, there is like a deluge of, of stuff that comes out now. And I, I'm not against there that. Really like, yeah. I'm honestly not. I, I, I think having more options as far as like which cards that you put in your deck kind of salting to taste a little bit more. Um, I mm -hmm. welcome that. Like, for example, you know, you bring up Yargo. I'm looking at Yargo right now. There's the stained glass one from March or, you know, Hero, Heroes of the Multiverse or whatever. There's the etched foil one now. There's the serialized mm -hmm. one. There's the jumpstart one. There's the Dominaria one. There's the Dominaria pre-release foil. Um, all of these different <laughs> versions. And it's just like each one of these could and appeal. And an art series. Yeah, each one of these could appeal to a completely different person. And you could sure, have. for completely different reasons. Yep, you, maybe you could the, have maybe 10, it's just a set nine Yargle decks maybe it's... with nine different players. Right. And each one has a different, you know, printing of Yargle because they, they mm -hmm. you know, reckon with it in, in a different way than, than the others. And I think that's awesome. Yep. Um, so I have nothing. I print as many variations of these cards as possible. I uh, welcome it. I'm happy to see it. I think that um, giving people more options in terms of what they are staring at in their commander decks is a good thing. Yeah, especially when you get into like like actual EDH or mm -hmm. commander or or what have you, where the decks the decks as a whole tend to change less often, if I'm correct, because everything's a little pricier. So people can yeah, for spend most people, more time on yeah, people can spend more time on personalizing a single deck, so they're gonna have to that, have to stare at that commander for a much longer time than than us pauper commander players <laughs> right, will. Right. <laughs> like I can build a deck tonight and take it apart on Saturday after the stream and be okay with it, like oh, not sure. having spent a dime on it. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, I mean, even and when you broaden it to like like commander at large, you know, there's just like a staggering amount of things you can be doing in terms of like putting your own personal stamp on your decks. But I think pauper's way more interesting. Um, just by the nature of the card pool, right? Like we said earlier, like cards get reprinted functionally or identically so many times that there's so many different mm -hmm. types of arts for a lot of these cards. There's so many different like versions that you could put in your deck. And it really just depends on like what you like, what you want, you know? Like there's the Ixalan negate or you could do the Morning Tide negate, you know? If you like the Merfolk stuff, then maybe the Ixalan or uh, uh, Rivals of Ixalan negate is the one that you want to use. It's a cool I card. The art is awesome. I think my favorite negate is the the one that's on Zendikar. Oh, I think I know what we're talking about. Let me bring up the negates here in Scryfall so I can follow along here. I just did that too. Uh, yeah, the Zendikar. For some Rising. reason, with with negate specifically, yes, specifically that card, I've always been partial to the core sets. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but with negate, yeah, like the original art for been... negate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Importantly, with negate, there is a uh, textless negate. Yeah, promo, player rewards, which mm -hmm. is a beautiful. Those are beautiful. 
Those cards, I, I love the textless player rewards cards. I do too. I wish they would bring those. I mean, they kind of did, but yeah, I only have a handful of them. But uh, the ones that I do have, I try and play as much as possible. I'd like to see the textless promos on not paragraph cards like <laughs> Talia and Gitrog yeah. and, and, and Omnath. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I think the thing that upsets me the most about the Talia and Gitrog is Yoggle and Moltani was right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. In right the there. Same set. I, think, I, I almost think that's like a meme at this point, right? They're just trying to find the most text on a. Card and just like take it all away i have a yeah, I have right. a textless searing blaze and for or maybe mm-hmm. yeah i got one for my cube yep. blaze. maybe it's volcanic fallout maybe uh, maybe it's yeah, I, for years right. every single time i played that card i had to look up exactly what it did <laughs> i think it was the volcanic fallout because i knew it was like two damage to everything but i didn't right. know if it was creatures yeah. or creatures and players and i knew that it had an extra bit that made it harder to deal with and i just couldn't remember what it was like yep. damage can't be prevented, damage can't be redirected, spell can't be countered. I knew it was one of those. Yeah. But I just could never remember which one. Yeah, I have a handful. I have like a giant growth. That's like a great one. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, like looking back, I have a unmake. I think. Yeah. Which is yeah, unmake was a good great. one. Great. Oh. But just like looking one. at negates, like there's so many cool negates, and they're all different. Like there's even the mystical archives ones, like the Japanese mystical archive, the English mystical archive. There's the promo pack one with like the. Um, the color inverted frame kind of there's the spell book the signature spell book jace negate yeah those are cool um there's just so many of them and and i mean i could put a different one of these in a different you in a different deck like they just go anywhere depending on what art yeah. i want to use and what vibe i'm going for like whatever reason whatever metric i use to you know personalize whatever deck like i could just conceivably use a different negate for each one yeah you could just you know you could have whole pdh decks just based around the art like yeah. themes of the art itself mm-hmm. yeah like the like there's an ixalan theme negate for example there's a, a kaladesh negate there's a tarkir negate there's obviously like the you know the morning tide negate the original one yeah they're all like super thematic yeah they're all very much tied to mm-hmm. the set it comes out in yeah i, I like that a lot and negate is hard i mean it's a lot of the art is like that way but yeah like mm-hmm. that's yeah. the thing exactly because commons just get reprinted so much like they have nothing to do but just keep reprinting them so you know, yeah. you just keep getting more and more options. And it's, it's, I think, really underexplored, like, just how many different ways you can just, like, just totally, you know, quote-unquote, bling out a deck by just making it one cohesive, like, kind of almost narrative framework, right? Like, just having a Zendikar-themed deck, and you've got, you know, you've got all these cards you can use. Yeah, I did that. I know I've talked about it a lot in the last couple of days. I'm actually waiting on the last few pieces to come in and I traded with somebody in the Discord for mm-hmm. a double feature honored heirloom but my my Blood Tithe Har- Harvester deck is like that. Yeah. Like For some reason I got it. I'm like, why don't I have this built as a commander? So I started building it and then just something about that commander said, get all the Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow showcase cards. Oh yeah, Get them in foil if you can. Get the double feature lands. Like Make it a completely as as much as possible a completely thematic on set deck, and that's what I've done, and it's yep. going to look amazing. I don't do that's the, literally the only one of my thirty PDH decks that I've done that with mm-hmm. that I care to do that with. But something about that specific commander, just I had to do it. It just was, grabbed you. It didn't really. Yeah, it just grabbed me. I mean, yeah, and, I that, had no and, and that's literally like helpless. the best reason you could possibly have to do something like that. You know, just like it just it. It just gets you in just the right way, and then you just pull the trigger and do it. Like that's I I, yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, now, interesting question: How do y'all feel about the double feature cards? I love them. 
I love, I, I love that set. I, I love the, I don't love all the aesthetics and it, sorry to cut you off, Dave. Uh, the first, I only bought a few packs of it because the first pack I bought two, two of my commons, I got two evolving wilds in one pack, one from each set, one from midnight hunt, one from crimson vow. And I was really <laughs> annoyed by that. So I didn't buy any more of it, <laughs> but looking back, what are we a year removed from it? A year and a half, two years, something like that. I love it. I love all those cards. They're so cool. I love the art, the aesthetics of it, the the theme, the old horror movie style. Yeah, it's just great. I I love them, like individually, one at a time. Like I I look at these, you know, one one of cards, and I'm like, ah, that looks so cool in black and white. Except honored heirloom, mm -hmm. one looks weird in black and white. Everything it else is a little washed out. Yeah, black and white. I love it. And then when I go to put it in a deck, I'm like, I I sort of feel the same way about these that I do about the white bordered cards. It's weird to me that exactly one card in my deck is grayscale, <laughs> and the rest have color. I'm like, that feels like someone made a mistake with that card, and like that, that's always a little Misprint. weird to me. So like, a lot of times I'll right. like, I'll be, I'll, I'll have the double feature card in my hand, and they're like, eh, no, <laughs> I'll put it back and I'll grab a normal one to put it in the deck. <laughs> uh, but I, in theory, I think they're outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like. You know, it's something where I, I like the fact that it's like a special treatment that is applied to a large swath of commons because we don't often see that. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And so it's cool to have that. Like, for example, like Larger Zombie is one of it's probably my favorite card in the last like five years of magic that's been printed. Um, I like it. I think it's insane and it, it's totally not played enough. But there's like a cool treatment of it and it looks really great in the grayscale frame. It really does. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, like you said, Dave, like a whole. I like that we have it, but like a whole set, really, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And it just wasn't great. It's something about the that set set turned off a lot of people. Yeah. I guess I'd say like, I like that we have it, but should we have it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, Thanks, but I'm why? That camp. It, yeah. it, like, it's, it's neat that the treatment was novel and it was mm -hmm. new and it was different, mm -hmm. but it... It very much felt like a filter was applied to all the sure. artwork. Yeah, and instead of it like just, it something new, kind of like yeah, it's it's kind of like what Dave said, where it's like I like them in theory, but then I I put one in the pile and I'm like, mm, no, yeah, it doesn't quite fit. We're gonna we're we're gonna go get the regular yeah. one. There there are a handful <laughs> of cards that like look absolutely stellar, where I'm willing to overlook the fact that like it kind of you know doesn't look great most of the time, like like the abrade. Uh, from from Crimson Vow, I think it was from Crimson Vow. Um, but that new abrade art with the with the black and white is like mm -hmm. the card is like jarringly beautiful in my opinion. It's just really great, and I think that's a, another Dominic Mayer piece. He's just you know on fire, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it, it's it's so uncommon that we get like such a large amount of commons with like a special treatment like that. But uh, you know, it, you take it or leave mm -hmm. it for most of the cards. Some look great, some of them don't, but. Yeah, it's really interesting. Regardless, um, I think I think in yeah, the context of like two hundred of them from double feature. Yeah, I think in the context lot. of like a blood tithe harvester deck or whatever that card is called um, that you're building, uh, I think that's an awesome way to go. I think that's a really cool thing to be doing. Um, just like something very cohesively, you know, thematic around the the plane. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, and that's like yeah, I can't wait for to get all the pieces in. Yeah, that's a really cool thing you can do. Uh, so to kind of shift the topic a little bit um, to mm -hmm. like what I was saying, you know. Thematic, you know, the, the word I used. Um, why don't we talk about basic lands? Let's do yeah. it. I don't talk much about basic things. lands. But that's a big thing. It's a big thing. They are 
often overlooked. I, feel. I have sadly, mm-hmm. sadly. I have thought. I know. Yeah. I have, <laughs> have thought singular. I have feelings. Feelings. Ooh, express those feelings. Yeah. I want. I want Derek to first, and then I'll. Sure. I'll explain sure. to Derek why he's wrong. It's important. Oh. It's important to be the rebuttal <laughs> voice in this debate. All right. Allow me to preemptively explain why Dave is wrong. Um, oh, okay. No. <laughs> Played like you, you a can fiddle. Use this, you can use yep. this for your um, this week in magic uh, RC drama uh, uh, sixty minutes <laughs> episode or whatever. Um, Behind the pod. Yeah, we'll just save it. Okay, uh, but um, I personally like my basic lands to match. So you know, I have my non basics, and then I'll have like twenty six, twenty seven basics a lot of the time, and I like them to all be the same card, same art, same basically identical card. Mm-hmm. And I will almost always tailor them to something that I find resonant about the commander. For, uh, unless like there's a, a reason to use snow basics. I hate snow basics because they rob me of my individuality because they're just strictly better. Um, <laughs> right. They are, <laughs> which is immensely on, frustrating on this. You and I agree. There's nothing more yeah. liberating than like cutting the last snow matters card out of my deck and being like, I can swap out all these lands now. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> it's true. That recently happened with Heritage Druid, and and I was so happy to do so because I've replaced all the forests with the forest that came in the seeded jumpstart pack, like the elf forest specifically. Oh, beautiful! It's the oh, one, very cool. Yeah, where it's mm-hmm. like it's like a bunch of spears, but it looks like reeds, you know, like in uh-huh. the woods. But they're all yeah. spears. Mm-hmm. It's so it's such a great land. Um, the art is amazing. Uh, Johannes Voss uh, knocks out of the park everything that he does in Magic. It seems nowadays, for example, I don't see seen his Dominaria. Uh, United Planes card, the pink one with with the flowers and the big ring. If you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, um, mm-hmm. it's an it's a stellar stellar Planes card. But I love these Elf Forests, and for the longest time, I needed Snow Basics in this deck until I cut the card that cared about snows, and now I have really cool forests. Um, <laughs> but it's I, I I do this almost every deck. Uh, I have I was I always have like you know my favorite basics. They're all from Invasion. That's like my favorite set in Magic. One of my favorites. Um, probably my second favorite. My favorite set is Homelands. Second favorite set is Invasion. Yeah, um, excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, but um, my favorite basics are from Invasion. The John Avon lands in that set are amazing. His forest, oh, sure, planes, sure. and island cards are the ones that I put in every single deck that has those colors. If I can't think of something, mm-hmm. a better reason to have another basic land. Um, and then the, the Ron Spencer, no, the Rob Alexander Swamp and the Glen Angus Mountain. I think are the two, uh, but regardless, like those are my fallbacks if I can't come up with any other thing to do with the deck's basic lands. But I love customizing mm-hmm. basic lands. Um, there's again, there's so many of them out there, and there's going to be an, a piece of artwork that is going to click with you to the point where you just immediately want to throw, you know, thirty of them in a deck. Um, I'm gonna depending, stop you no matter right like what commander you have. Yep. No, you don't put you don't put thirty of them in a deck. That's incorrect. You find you definitely find you definitely find the one that you like, and you put one of those in a deck. But then the other twenty nine <laughs> need to be different because it's a Highlander deck. Unless, of course, you're playing a Snow Snowlands Matter, in which case, then you have to have thirty of the same you must. lands. Yep. Which is terrible. It robs me of my individuality, and it's unacceptable. Yep. Unacceptable. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that Dave understands how basics work because they only work if the art matches. That's uh false actually <laughs> that that's no well you're leaving you know, a strategic edge on the table if, you know by having individual land. well no because because if they don't match then they're a waste and wastes just tap for colorless wow 
incorrect. I don't. <laughs> oh man. No, I'm I'm also extremely particular about my lands, and it's weird because yeah. like I I agree with almost everything that Derek said in that like there are artworks that will speak to you. There's artworks that are going to pull you towards them. There's artworks that I just like really mm-hmm. want to put into deck, and like conversely, there's artworks that I don't want in my deck. Like yeah, with you know have a hateful idol on deck which is very like you know ephemeral and spooky and she's a she's a spirit ghost lady i don't run any of the mirrodin swamps in that deck Mm -hmm. because the mirrodin swamps are all full of this like noxious green gas and ooze yeah they're not and that is that is not Mm -hmm. at all the aesthetic of hateful eidolon it is the aesthetic of triarch praetorian (laughs) indeed and so like I will I will put an enormous amount of effort into finding the correct set of 20-ish basic, 20 to 30 basics so I can put them into a deck and they and have them all match the aesthetic of the commander while also having them all be different from each other. Yeah, that's like the next level <laughs> challenge right there. Turn I, it up to 11. That is challenging. And like I I I waste so much time doing this. Like <laughs> I was I was just updating a couple decks like the other day and I, like i had to put you know like the dross pits in them and like the autonomous furnace like i'm i'm right with a lot of my decks yeah, right yeah. now i'm like cutting one basic from the deck to add in this <laughs> non-basic card that's really good and like when i do that i have to lay out every single basic on the table and i have to very yep. carefully choose the one that matches the deck's aesthetic the least and cut that one see like, i'm not i'm not against like having all different lands i, I generally prefer them to be all the same uh, but there are situations where I'll have to do different ones. Um, there was a, an actual commander deck I built a while ago that it was a, it was a, a black-red deck, and I decided I had just enough room for basics where I could include one copy of each mountain, for example, I, I, a mountain from each pre-modern set. So I did that with mountains and swamps. Interesting. Um, so that worked out beautifully, and they were all bizarre, and it, the deck looked a little strange. Uh, I... But... The other time that I've done this <laughs> recently, that was years and years ago. The time I've done this recently, I built a Popper Commander deck uh, with Primeval Herald from the Jumpstart set. Uh, it's a four mana three one with Trample. When it attacks, you search library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield tapped. Um, so what I wanted to do was have all my basics be all the different planes that the Primeval Herald was going to and finding her lands. So um, all the different, all each basic force in the deck was from a different plane. Uh, in the case of Tarkir. Uh, there were two because there's one pre-Dragon Timeline, one post-Dragon Timeline, um, like one Mirrodin, one New Phyrexia, uh, like that sort that of thing. Super like, clever. Uh, differentiating between uh, points in time and things like that. But as many different planes as I could, I would include one forest from each of them so that the Primeval Herald could go and grab grab, grab their Kamigawa forest. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, herald a forest from, uh, from New Phyrexia here. Like that sort of that thing. Is that is next really level. Fun. I love that. I love that. I usually do it a little different. Like, I will usually try to get, like, sets of lands. So, like, there's mm-hmm. there's a couple lands that I like more than others. Like, I I absolutely love the Theros forests. And I'll try to make sure oh, that sure. Yeah. all the Theros the, forests... The space ones, or...? No, the, um, the original Theros. Like I'll, oh, okay. I'll try yeah, to make yeah. sure that like I have all four of the different Theros forest arts in a deck, and yep. like the other thing I the other thing I love doing a lot like I I love the idea of one of each plane that's outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. The the thing that I try to end up doing a lot is um, the original Innistrad block had before and after shots of the same yes. scene, so like yeah. every every land from Innistrad 
has a a a new copy of it is like dark and brooding and like horror y and then in Avison Restored, back when they did blocks and the blocks each had lands, uh mm-hmm. every land in Avison Restored is the same artwork of the same land, but like the sun has come out. Yeah, it's like rejuvenated. Yeah. 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 And so mm-hmm. like I'll I'll try to I'll try to get pairs of those in there. So like if I'm gonna use one of the Innistrad ones, I will I'll try to find the matching Avis yeah. and Restored ones so that I can get them both. Yeah, like and, and it's that's, funny that's to like, really look cool at idea. those cycles and all the sets and, and like for yeah. example like in, Ta- in Concept Arc here, right? There's like yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's an ab- there's an Absinthe, there's an Absin forest, and then in Dragons there's a Dromoka forest, and right. they're the same, they're mirrored, um, they, but but much different. They uh, did that with the Gainlands as well. Yes. Like all the gainlands are the same. Like the gainlands from uh, Fate Reforged and the gainlands from like the other one mm-hmm. are like the same location, but one of them is inhabited and the other one is not. Yeah, yeah. Like looking uh, for weird cycles clever. in lands like that, and just like there's so many cool things you can do with basic lands. It's it's insane, and it it, it it's so cool that like. Dave, you and I can approach our basic lands like with the same like intentions and from the same headspace and just go in completely opposite directions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's super deep. I love it. I've never actually delved that deeply into my yeah. basic lands. Just go like look at basic lands sometimes. If you have like, you know, if you're sitting at your computer and just like, you know, twiddling your thumbs, just like check out some basic lands. There's some really cool ones. There are some really, really cool ones. I'll, I, and I'll try to organize them in my decks if I have enough of them. But, like, yeah. I'm sort of torn on basic lands where I will either use 25 different basic lands or <laughs> right. I'll try to make them all the same as much as possible. But to a point that I can stand. Like, recently, I forgot what deck that I was building, but I needed or I had the deck called for, like, nine basic mountains. And I wanted to use the... Dominaria remastered old border mountains because I had a couple, I had some on me or I had some in my box or whatever. And I thought, perfect, mm-hmm. I'll just use those. Well, I only had seven of them. So I couldn't use any oh, of them that's because I needed nine. Yeah, I couldn't do seven old border and two whatever mountains. Like it had to be all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, I find myself in that position sometimes where I'm like one or two short and I just like, well, I guess I'll just like, you know, redesign my entire land base to accommodate having two fewer <laughs> basic lands than I originally intended. You're allowed yeah, to but... buy basics. Huh? You realize you're allowed to buy basics, right? I hate waiting for them to come in. I just hate it. I need everything I just, now. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I need it right this minute. I had the idea right now and I need it right now. Yep. Yeah, I, di- I didn't end up playing <laughs> I, I that deck that. because <laughs> I wanted to play it on stream so I needed the Old Border Mountains by the coming Saturday and I didn't have any. There wasn't any time to order it and the LGS didn't have any so I just didn't play that deck. <laughs> that's, yeah, That's commitment. Uh, it yeah. is fascinating. It bugged approach. me. It bugged me a lot. The, uh, like, damn it. The other thing I want to... We, we, ha- we have to mention about Basic Lands is something that Brad sometimes does which is using art cards as basic. Yeah, this is a thing that's been catching yes. on a little bit more lately. Yep, I got the idea from from Ryan, from Papa Pauper mm-hmm. on Twitter. He showed me, I think he said, I forgot what we were talking about, and he's like, oh, I use these uh, art series cards as swamps in my, um, oh, crap, the one mana with extort, the black guy, crap. You can oh, remove a counter. Parasite. Thank you, thank you. He's like, oh, I use these as swamps. It's really cool. It's a cool idea. I just get them for real cheap, and I, it, it like blew my mind. I, yeah. It took me like days to put my brain back together. Like, yeah. holy cow! It's and I've really just cool been idea. on a tear ever since. It's a really cool idea because I mean, art cards. I mean, 
say what you will about art cards and how useless they are practically. I think they're really cool. I just like I, I like having them and looking at them for the same reason that I like looking, looking at anything magic related, right? Sure. Um, it's a really high quality image. It's glossy. It's fancy. Um, you just accumulate them. I love opening set boosters, so I just accumulate them. Um, and being able to use them for something else is like awesome. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea. Again, I for 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 me personally, it runs into the issue that I get with foils, where just like they feel kind of cumbersome to me as I'm, I'm used to playing like single sleeve cards of like a normal thickness. Uh, mm-hmm. And so like, they just feel awkward to me when I'm playing with them. So I prefer not to, but they I, are I a really little cool thinner. Yep. They yeah. are a little thinner, but yeah, aesthetically, yeah, it's just amazing to have like this whole, you know, setup yeah. of like Urza's rage mountains. And yeah. And know. that's, that's a great thing about not about the like, commander, not being, you know, like a, a, a tournament sanctioned format or whatever like you can just do whatever you want <laughs> that's... Mm-hmm. yeah and it's cool too like you were talking about sort of um tailoring your basic lands or your land base towards your commander mm-hmm. the art series cards are perfect for that because most new commanders there's an art set for the set they came out in yep and you can just load up on them if you wanted to yeah or if you even want to be fancy i don't know if, do they even do art cards of like basic lands because i might even if they did boy what i i they do yes yeah. but not every set I, that, that sounds not, awesome. Not every set and and not every single one. Yeah, and not every do... single one because there's like some set that only does the forest. And right. Some sets that only do the That's plains an intriguing and swamps idea. Just like using an art card of a basic land as your basic land. That's kind of funny. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm big on the art cards. Because I ran into that when I was looking for art cards. I think for um, Killian, mm-hmm. I was looking for, for art basics and I ran into that situation like oh there's some planes but no swamps or something like I can't remember there are some really cool so yeah for Killian what let's see if I off the top of my head I would use original Ravnica basics let's see there's one that has like floating spires it's a planes and then I can't remember the swamps in Ravnica but like those lands I think would be really cool for Killian most of the swamps in Ravnica sure. are like these subterranean like sewer scenes that have like these it's yeah. it's this weird like tall arching towers and like bridges that are clearly style, yeah. like underground in like uh-huh. a right. and there's no there's no sky, there's no horizon, there's no sunlight. It's just a different ceiling somewhere else. But within this vaulted ceiling is like this very dark shadowed tower or bridge. Or yeah, something. the 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 Stefan Martin Martinier um Yep. Plains and Swamp are the ones that I would use for that. I, I love the Ravnica lands. Ravnica lands. Now, what about Killian made made those stick out to you? I don't know. It's just the vibe I get. when I what are you, He stuck in my okay. head, and I immediately thought of these. Yeah, that's totally fair. The Plains I yeah. love. Like This is one of my favorite like modern frame Plains cards. Um, it's this uh, Stefan Martinier uh, Plains. Uh, it's it's Plains number 287 in the 287. set. I was Ravnica looking at it. Yep. 287. I Amazing. love that one. If you notice, the fun thing about the Ravnica sets is that like all the basic lands are like themed around the different guilds to some extent. Like you can mm-hmm. kind of like pair them each to a guild, and it makes sense. Yep. Like this one, you could pair this with like an Orzhov commander, and it's like pretty evocative. I think. Yeah. Yep. I needed to do that with my uh, Tessa EDH deck, my Orzhov mm-hmm. Devotion EDH deck. Yeah. I have right now. I think I just have like uh, the the basic lands that are in there. I have foils, and they're from like. I don't know, Ikoria or Theros or something, mm-hmm. Throne of Eldraine, something like that. Yeah. But I want to do more of a themed basic lands, and I think these are perfect. Yeah, and and, and not to get too off, to, uh, just a, a brief tangent. Sure. The Cold Snap theme decks, just because I'm looking at the planes here and the planes from that here, the Cold Snap theme decks were, uh, mo- like, they had like reprints of like Ice Age cards, but in modern frame. 
like uh, cards that were not printed in modern print, like Soulburn mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. is one. There's a bunch, mm-hmm. but those cards are awesome too. And there's some alliances ones in there too. Uh, like uh, uh, like reinforcements is a card that I like, and that one was was in one of those decks. Mm-hmm. But like if you like those, if cards are if like cards from that era, the uh, Cold Snap uh, theme decks, you get some really cool stuff there. Like, like a lot that. of the original Ice Age basic land art in a modern frame too. I like the uh, the wild growths and the um, giant growths. Yeah. 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 There's a little tangent as I as I noticed I was on Scryfall and I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, that's a cool no, product. it's good stuff. I haven't thought about those in a yeah. long time. It's a cool product. I like it a lot. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many different ways, frames, arts that all these things were printed, and it's just about finding the ones that you like. And the tools are there. Uh, you just kind of kind of you know take the time and look through it, but it's rewarding. I found it tremendously rewarding just because I, yeah, I, I, I approach Commander as, as an expressive time. experience. You know, I, I just want to express what I, what I'm passionate about in the game of magic. And uh, absolutely too. And I, I think that's one thing that the, one of the points of the episode that we didn't want to get lost in all our like gushing about the different <laughs> arts and stuff is that these are particularly Popper commander is a very expressive format. And this is just one more yeah. way to like, I don't want to say get your point across, but you know what I mean? Like put yourself out there, express yourself through your deck, which I know you're a big proponent of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, it, it's the uniquely accessible nature of this format makes it all that much more possible. Um, yeah. And I think I've told the story before on the show, but when I played every Saturday popper events, 60 card popper events up at the LGS, I used to take this terrible night sky mimic uh, Orzov deck <laughs> sure. and I eventually changed it to Demir, but I still played night sky mimic. It was this whole thing. And I always lost with it. I always lost with it. And but when I and I played with it like seven or eight weeks in a row, seven or eight Saturdays in a row. And when I finally stopped bringing it, everybody was like, "Where's that deck? It was so <laughs> cool. We loved looking at it. the The art was creepy, and it was cool, and there was foils and this and that. Like they just wanted to see it because it was cool to look at. It yeah. wasn't something they got to see all the time. So I mm-hmm. just started playing it again. I paid five bucks to so people could see my deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know, one last thing about foils is you know, foils foiling out your deck is a great way to personalize it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just not something that I value particularly highly. So, you know, I apologize if I made you feel not valued, uh, foil loving, uh, PDH bot fan base. Um, <laughs> but that's a perfectly valid way to go. Although it can be pricey if you're looking for cards like uh, Priestess Titania or Gush or Days or those sorts of things. Snuff out. Um, yep. that, that is where costs can come into play. Uh, but for the lion share cards out there, there's a lot of really awesome, evocative, uh, options that, that do not cost very much at all. And they're, they're very easy to get. Yeah, and please look them up too, especially if it's a newer card, because you—I yeah. think you mentioned it earlier—you don't really know there may be three or four versions of that card mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you just don't know a random, a random promo that came out three years ago that that nobody got because there was no in-store play, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It just would be just not know it exists, and it could be that one thing you're looking for. Conclave naturalists yep. moment. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I actually just recently picked one of those up because there's a Conclave Naturalist in my Heritage deck, and so I need one of those. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was great. That was some good conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. But I think uh, I think we're going to move on out of here. Dave or Liam, did you have anything you wanted to add about, about pretty cards? Uh, there's one thing I needed to say, and I'm realizing now mm-hmm. at the very end of the episode that I haven't said it yet. Uh, yeah. Nickel Bullis, Icy Manipulator, Deep Analysis is vastly superior to Cephalids <laughs> doing an autopsy on a Masticor. 100%. I think that is probably the one thing we all agree on in this episode. 
Very important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, we're not convinced it's a icy manipulator, but either way, that that art is the best. And and this did not get said during the episode, but one last note from me here. Um, mm-hmm. We did mention in the, in the pre-show, so we, the four of us, are aware. But I want to make the listeners aware, and I want Dave's on-air reaction. There is a uh, Salvat Marsh Crocodile. It is white-bordered. It is not in frame. It is uh, in Spanish. So uh, I just it is sure that, that information is widely hard available. to find is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to. Yeah, yep. but it's out there. They exist, but they're hard to find. But they are super cool. Yeah, don't expect to. Uh, if you're hearing this show for the first, you know, the Salvat, if you're hearing about that in this episode for the first time, don't just show up at your LGS like, oh, let me see your Salvat binder. <laughs> yeah, because they probably don't have one. Nope, probably not. They're super hard to find. <laughs> Oh, well, cool. Thanks for coming on the show, Derek. I think we're going to get on out of here, mm-hmm. but we just got a few more things to cover for the, before we wrap it up for the week. As always, if you need more Popper Commander Talk or have any questions about the format, you can email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. You'll find their Discord server there as well. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And you can always find Dave as the Alcadron. Just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. And Derek, if they don't know already, where can everyone find you? I am on a Discord as more of a lurker than a participator, but I'm always happy to jump in and um, uh, you know write on everyone's parade about something that they that they value. Um, if uh, <laughs> you want to get me in a place where I engage more actively, I'm also on Twitter at uh, Derek Dear Reader. All three of those words just smushed into one line because uh, that's how Twitter uh, makes their handles work. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, but um, yeah, a common oh, connoisseur's Discord, going to... Discord. I'm going to go to Minneapolis this weekend. It. It's Wednesday. I fly out Friday, so it'll air. I can listen to this episode uh, and listen to myself talk as I am on an airplane, <laughs> which will be uh, interesting. So, um, yeah, I'll there be there. So, um, you know, get at me on one of those aforementioned places where I exist, and um, I'm happy to play games, chit-chat, meet up with anybody. Just let me know. Yeah, because you're taking EDH and PDH decks to Minneapolis, correct? Is that what you decided? Oh, I sure am. And I'm also taking, I had a bunch of little business cards made with Popper Commander on them. Um, I'm going to take a bunch of these things. So on the front, it says Popper Commander, and there's three lines. It says, or four, any uncommon creature can be your commander. Every other card in deck must be common. Each player starts the game with 30 life, 16 commander damage lethal. On the back, there's a QR code for a link tree where I've posted all kinds of content and um, video links and stuff like that. Discord links, community links everything you might need to get involved with the format. So I'll have clever. these with me as Very well. clever. Love it. Good idea. Yeah. All righty. Well, as episode 47 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, uh, bling your own deck, play some PDH, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Say goodbye, everybody. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. When do I hit stop on my thing? I brought proper text at the party. Pop. I brought proper text at the party.